Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming, and we have a very special guest today, Celia Kibler. Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Thank you, Alicia. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. And I was a guest on your podcast. Yes, you uh, were, and you were wonderful. So well, you should you. all check it out. Thank you. And I, I think that was probably one of my favorite podcasts. It like sticks in my mind as, as one of my favorites. So if you're allowed to say that, no offense to all the other podcasts that I did. <laughs> Thank you. Um, So tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do and a little bit about your mission. Well, hi, everyone. And thank you for having me. Very grateful. And uh, my name is Celia Kibler. You did say correctly. We had a little discussion beforehand. (laughs) I am the author of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, as well as three other children's books. And uh, Raising Happy Toddlers coming out in Spanish. I'm a family empowerment coach. I'm a mommy of five kids, two I gave birth to, three I gained through marriage, and a grandma to nine. And I am on a mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. And I believe we're going to talk a little about that today. I'm the founder of Pumped Up Parenting and Fun Fit Family Fitness. And I've been working with parents and kids for over 40 years. So I'm old. I'm old too. See, <laughs> I you have such a soothing voice to me. I don't. I, I, you have like the perfect podcast cast voice. Really? Yeah, oh my gosh, I that's so it. nice of you to say because I think I'm loud and obnoxious. No. So <laughs> it's really good to hear you say that. I'm getting used to. We were talking before we hit record about p- podcast recording and editing, and I'm really getting used to hearing my voice, which is nice. And even seeing me on camera is getting less awkward too. So that's kind of a happy, happy access. Mm-hmm. I agree because people don't like to hear their voices. Like I used to hear my voice and think I sound like I'm five. Why do I sound like I'm five? Yeah. So absolutely. A friend that just said, she's like, I sound like a kid. <laughs> Everybody thinks I'm a kid. And I was like, I just see you as you, like, I don't think about that. And, but I have a weird thing where I think everybody is my age, unless it's like super obvious, you're not my age. Everybody's my age. (laughs) Yeah. And we're always more critical of ourselves, you know, all that self-talk and stuff like that, which is why we don't want to yell at our children. Right. And we create those little voices in their heads. Yeah. You said that on your podcast and I was so fascinated with that because I, I've had, you know, parents yell at me um, and I have that inner critic. And so there's, there's the explanation, right? So tell, tell our listeners a little bit more about it. So it's really important to start being intentional 
with the way you communicate with your child and the way you behave with your child and you include your child in their parenting journey. And when you yell at your kids, when you are more reactive than proactive and you wind up just reacting through emotion and not thinking about what you're saying or doing and you wind up yelling at them, what happens to a child when they're yelled at? And I would guess for those of you that have been yelled at as children or even as adults, you're going to you're going to actually agree with many of these reactions because what happens is number one, there's extreme low confidence, low, low self-worth. They feel like honestly, they're worthless. Nothing they ever do is right. And they actually learn to second guess themselves constantly, which we carry into adulthood because they're, they're again, they're not sure anything they're doing is correct. So there's this whole second guessing process going on. And the very sad truth is that children that are consistently yelled at, they don't grow up to hate you, their parent, they grow up to hate themselves. And that's the real destruction of it. And in my eyes, the, the abuse that consistent yelling causes for children. Yeah. And that's it. To, to be specific, I have two questions for specificity of, um, of yelling. So yelling at your children versus yelling at a spouse is what creates what you just described. Is that, I'm, I'm assuming that's correct. Well, or funny is thing is it's like secondhand smoke. Okay. You know, there's this whole study, you're around somebody smokes, even though they're not smoking in front of you, you're getting all those residual effects. Mm-hmm. Same with what goes on in your own relationship. Okay. Like in, in my family, my father, wonderful man, incredible human, my mother as well. But my father came from a childhood of physical and mental abuse. Mm-hmm. He didn't, whoops, sorry about that alarm. He did not... Um, bring the physical abuse into the home, but he definitely brought the mental abuse. And he used to call my mom stupid and idiot and all these names and then feel horrible about it, feel guilty about it. But even though he never called me stupid or idiot, even though I heard that, I always felt like I was the stupidest one in the family. There was no reason to feel that way other than I would hear that all the time. And I am most like my mother in my emotional development. So it affected me too. Yeah. Now my dad will say more that's stupid in context of someone's someone's behavior or, or something they said or did. And then I started noticing one time that he was calling himself stupid I'm so stupid. Da, da, da. And I remember I hung out at their house one day. And then at the end of the day, I noticed that I said I was stupid. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Why am I saying I'm stupid? That one day of hanging out in their house and I'm saying I'm stupid. No, I've been saying I'm stupid forever. And I just noticed it because now it hurts me to hear him say he's stupid. 
it, uh, there was a trigger that made that pay, you know, pay attention in my mind. And now I'm listening for it. And now I'm noticing it, not in also, not only in him, but I'm noticing it in myself. And now I notice it in my son and it's like, Oh, I hate that silent cycle. That's what I call the silent cycle is the thing exactly. that you're not aware of that they do. And like, when you open your mouth and my mother comes out, like that's the silent cycle. You know? Right. Right. And, and, you know, I always tell people, you don't listen to anyone as much as you listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you are constantly calling yourself stupid or like, oh, one idiot, how could I have done that? You know, how could I be so stupid? Blah, blah, blah. Clearly you're not stupid, nor are you an idiot. Mm-hmm. So if those thoughts come in, you've got to like address them immediately go, oh, okay, that is not the truth. What is the truth? Mm-hmm. The truth is I'm actually quite intelligent. However, I might have made a mistake or maybe I didn't make the right choice at the moment, such as life, such as being human. And when your kids do it, that's why affirmations are so important. In my tranquility tribe, my daily posts are affirmations Mm. so that you don't even have to think of them. You can just read them off of there, have your kids read them. They're so important because what you speak, what you focus on is what your brain focuses on. Mm-hmm. I was doing affirmations for moms uh, in the beginning of my Instagram journey. I think I might have to go back to that because just something to post every single day. And then I ran out of the the affirmations that were pre-written um, for me. And so I stopped. <laughs> yeah, and, and it helps you as well. You know, it always helps you. I mean, I'm glad to have them because I read them as I write them. And then I post them mm-hmm. and for Instagram, you know, Alicia, you can clearly repost the ones you had because no one's going to look that far in and see them. So, and it doesn't hurt to read things twice. We, we learn from repetition as children do. Yeah, absolutely. Now the other clarifying question of yelling is raised voice. Like there's yelling where you're screaming at your child and then there's you know, the mom voice. Don't you do that? Sorry if anybody's like, if that was too loud, right? (laughs) The ears are, (laughs) it wasn't that loud. Right. You being firm and yelling are two different things. You absolutely want to be firm when you need to control a situation. Um, You are in charge. You know, in my book, Raising Happy Toddlers, whatever chapter is, I have a chapter that says, Who's in charge? Because parents are always like questioning that. And I wrote you. That's the first answer to that. And honestly, I wanted to end the chapter there. But then I wrote, well, you bought this book, so I should probably go on to explain myself a little bit more because I just really wanted to just say you're in charge. And sometimes you need to be firm. I'll give you an example. My company, FunFit, which um, is a kid's fitness company. We do parties, we do classes, we do camps. And I was at this little boy's birthday party and he was nine years old and there were about 25 kids there. And my assistant was not with me. It was just me and all these kids outside. And you have to be firm to get 25 nine-year-olds, boys to listen to you and stay organized and stay on task and stay focused. And it was funny because I never yell at kids and I have an incredible bond with kids. People call me the baby whisperer, but it doesn't mean I don't get firm. And at the end of that party, the mom called me on my way home because she had to tell me because her son ran up to her and goes, 
you know, mom, I really, really liked Miss Celia. That was like the best party I ever had. But, you know, she's a little bossy, but I really like her. So I always tell parents, sometimes you have to be a little bossy, but that doesn't mean you're yelling and your children will know that you are merely being a little bossy. Yeah. And uh, you said something earlier that uh, triggered a thought about being intentional when with, with your actions. And so what I've noticed recently is uh, my son's getting a little less sleep because it's summertime and I'm not uh, hounding him about bedtime. Although last night I told him, now we're going to start cutting your bedtime back a little bit further because we need to get you ready to go back to school. And so because he's not getting as uh, as much sleep, he gets a little bit snappier and a little bit more of an attitude and he gets emotional quicker. And so the first time that he gave me this attitude, I remember I looked at him and I said, why are you talking to me that way? And he goes, I'm sorry, mom, but I'm frustrated that da 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 And I was like, okay, awesome. Let's not talk to me that way. <laughs> so now when he does it, I just kind of look at him and he goes, sorry, mom. And then change and then <laughs> repeats it. Right. And it's like, when you have the relationship with your kid, where you also said, have them as a co-pilot in their parenting, which I think is a beautiful way of expressing it, that he understands where I'm coming from when, you know, I've explained to him, I'm teaching you how to behave in society. That's my job is to teach you how to be a fully functioning adult. Exactly. And so do things that aren't appropriate as a fully functioning adult. We give you grace because you're nine and we need to practice behaving correctly. Exactly. And, you know, that's why my tagline in Pumped Up Parenting is because we're raising adults, not children. Mm-hmm. And it's what we always have to remember what we do now is what they do later. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're having a cooperative relationship with your child, you make clear the, the ground rules, what is acceptable in your home. You put down your core values. Everyone understands them. In this home, we are kind and respectful to each other. We are not rude and nasty because whatever you do, you give your child permission to do. So if you allow them to speak rude to you, hit you, be aggressive to you, you are giving them permission to do that to anyone. I was in the mall the other day and this little boy is sitting there. He's like punching his dad and he's slapping his dad and his dad's just sitting there. And I, you know, I want to go over and say, of course, uh, could I have a minute with you? But <laughs> that would not be acceptable. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I'm like, you don't just sit there. You do what you did. You let him know this is not acceptable. So that when it happens again, you can simply give them a look or go or look at them and say, try that again. They know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And I think I, I kind of learned this from Dr. Daniel Siegel um, in his book, No Drama Discipline. Um, I've mentioned it a ton of times on the podcast. It's my favorite uh, parenting book so far. Um, it's a very good book. And 
it, it was, he talks about the concept of shark music. And so basically if you're at the beach and you're, um, you're listening to beautiful classical music, you're calm and relaxed and, and nothing's wrong. Right. But if you're at the beach and you hear the Jaws soundtrack, <laughs> like you're looking for the shark, like you're looking for the danger. And so in this situation with the, the disrespectful tone, I was not allowed to talk to my parents that way. And and, and there was, I don't remember how I learned that, but I'm sure that there was, you know, consequences and discipline and, and whatnot. And, but there's, there's a, an attitude of my child will respect me. And it's the iron fist, right? Like that's, and I had that triggered emotion. I, I felt that like, excuse me, you talk to me that way, but I caught it in time, uh, you know, four years of practicing this, I did not start out perfect and I'm not perfect now, but in that moment, it was like, and then I calm, why are you talking to me that way? And, and it, it's just a different, it's a different, um, energy and it also gives him the opportunity to explain to me what's wrong. Right. Like what's going on inside of you that produced that tone, because that's not how you normally talk. And when we get activated that way, that's the tone that we have, or there's a behavior when we're activated. So now I have the opportunity to discuss what's going on with him where I might not have had that opportunity. If I just shut it down, you will respect me. Don't you dare talk to me that way. Now it's just shut down. Exactly. And you indirectly show him respect and show him that you actually value his opinion and what's going on with him, which is such an important thing to build between parent and child. Mm-hmm. Respect is a two-way street. Mm-hmm. You know, people are always like, well, my child will respect me. Why? Why should they respect you if you do not respect them? Do you respect someone at work who is yelling at you all the time? No. How do you feel when somebody's yelling at you? You feel disrespected. You feel like, oh, I must be a piece of garbage because this person constantly yells at me. Mm-hmm. That's how your child feels. Yeah. And when you give them the opportunity to talk about their feelings and talk about what's going on with them, then you can correct things in a teacher coach guide kind of way, which is what your job is. Right. Talk about it, recognize that something's going on just like you did, Alicia, mm-hmm. and all kinds of things happen and they learn from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and in that moment, I think, I think I asked him, you know, why were you upset? And he said, I don't want to talk about it right now. And I knew exactly why he was upset. And I knew exactly why he didn't want to talk about it. And we did talk about it later. And it was, you know, um, he was, uh, he was yelled at for something that was out of his control that that he didn't really even understand. And it was something he couldn't explain and he was in trouble for it. And um, 
you know, and I haven't quite explained the the shark music concept to my boyfriend yet. And I, I've noticed several times where he's hearing shark music and he's not quite there yet. And it's a work in progress, you know? So, but I, I try to repair instead of saying, you know, Larry's wrong because he's not wrong. Something's going on. He, just there's another way to approach it. And I'm going to exactly. discuss it with you later. Yeah. And a lot of times for your partner, they, they may be the type of person that needs to see results before they believe results. A lot of people have been raised with yelling. They don't know any other way. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of parents that believe that if they don't yell, their kids don't listen. And so how can I possibly not yell? Yeah. So those people, a lot of times when I talk to them, they're like, there, there's no way you can get through parenting without yelling. Mm -hmm. And when I say, well, I've actually raised five children in a blended marriage without yelling. I'm not saying I never yelled, but you can probably count them on one hand. They're all in the thirties. I, I don't even know if I've had, if I've yelled five times, Yeah. but you can raise children without yelling, right? You just have to be intentional and you just have to start becoming aware. Like you became aware of, you know, you saying I'm stupid. Your father saying I'm stupid your child saying, I'm stupid. You became aware of that. When I do my, my stop yelling workshops and challenges, oftentimes people have results right away. They'll be like, my gosh, one day. And I haven't yelled all day. And a lot of that is not magic. It is me telling them all that they need to know. So they become more aware of it. And all of a sudden they are. And before they yell, they stop themselves and they think, okay, how can I approach this differently without screaming at my kids? Mm -hmm. Because I'd be willing to get guess that the majority of people that yell at their kids feel guilty about it, feel like a bad parent and do not feel good about it. I would imagine that they even feel out of control. Some, sometimes that they, they're like, I just, I open my mouth and I'm, I'm screaming at my kids and, and my boyfriend and I have actually talked about how if you're constantly at a level 10, then level 10 doesn't mean anything anymore. It's, it, it's white noise. So that's part of why you feel like my kids don't listen unless I yell. And I would imagine that like, it takes a little more time to do what I did. It, it takes more time to say, why are you talking to me that way? And then open up the dialogue and the conversation than to just say, don't you talk to me that way? But I mean, these are our kids. What's more important? Exactly. In my eyes, what is more important? Yeah. What is a higher priority in your life than your children? Mm -hmm. And I, I personally don't think there's anything else, but when you, when you become intentional with the way you talk to your kids, the way you bring them into the conversation, the way you help them to be a co-pilot, to be a little more responsible in their parenting journey, because it's their journey too. Yeah. When I say I, I stop dysfunctional generations mm. and I have parents start creating 
childhood that everyone can blossom from, the reason I say everyone and not just your children is because you all start blossoming from a harmonious, peaceful home. Yeah. It helps everybody. It's contagious, like mm -hmm. a smile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you said that it takes awareness of the problem. There's, you know, in my coaching community, we say that, that humans don't like to look in the mirror, meaning that we don't like to look at the things that we're doing wrong or we're the, the things that, that, um, you know, make us imperfect or whatever it is. And so we walk around in life with these blinders on and we can't see what's to the left and the right of us. And so we only see the things that we've decided are important. And, you know, that's why when I heard my dad say, I'm stupid, and then I heard myself say it, and then I'm hearing my son say it like that, that became important to me in that moment. And that's why it had the awareness. And so when you tell your brain, it's important to me that I know what thoughts are happening before I react, your brain will start showing up <laughs> these thoughts that have always been there. How many thoughts do we have in a day? Like 80,000 and yeah, 85% of them are on repeat. Right. I don't know about 8,000 thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And think of how many are negative. Yeah. You need to turn it around. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, it's like when you talk about yelling, you're yelling at your child because you're disappointed in them. Mm. And then you're surprised that when they're disappointed, they're yelling at you or throwing a tantrum. That's because you're, you're not helping them to learn how to handle disappointment. Mm -hmm. And disappointment's a part of life. You know, let's face it. Welcome to life when things don't always go your way. Yeah. So if you are, are really out of control of your own emotions, you really do need to look in the mirror. You really do need to reach out for help because the way you react to your emotions is the way your child is learning to react to their emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the premise of the podcast is that they're, they're watching the show, they're not listening to the lecture. And, and that's why I call it the silent cycle, like they're the regular cycle of abuse, like your dad uh, was physically and emotionally abused, ab abused. And so he stopped the abuse, physical abuse cycle, because he recognized it, he saw it, he didn't like it, he didn't want to repeat it. And so he stopped. And, but he didn't recognize the emotional abuse cycle. And so that became the silent cycle that he created and you noticed it and decided I'm going to break that cycle. And, you know, the, but these silent cycles are sneaky. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. And dangerous. And so that's why personal development is so important because when you learn about yourself and personally develop you're, you become aware of these things, you become aware of the silent cycles, and now you can break them. Exactly. And, you know, when you, when you really decide this has to end with me, this has to come to an end. You need to recognize it in all aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. You're if you are at home parenting with another person, and you're trying not to yell at your kids, but you're still yelling at your partner. 
you are modeling that kind of relationship behavior to your children. They see that and they're like, well, this must be what a normal relationship is like. And they mimic it with their siblings. They mimic it with their friends. And when they get older and get into a loving relationship, that's what they see as normal. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to be intentional in all aspects of your life Mm -hmm. and really control the words you say, the way you say them, and the reaction that you're looking to get and the solution that you're shooting for. Mm-hmm. And th- it's so funny now, my boyfriend and I, um, we don't really fight. We've had probably five or six like disagreements to the point that where one of us has to leave the room because it's, it, there's, we're emotionally activated and we've learned that just the being emotionally activated triggers the other person. And so we separate and calm down and then come back and have a discussion about it. And we've had discussions about all five of these arguments that we've had or, or uh, conflicts that we've had. And the, the most recent one, my son saw and he said, I don't like it when you guys fight. And I'm laughing in, in my head because I'm like, you don't know what fighting is. This is, this is healthy. <laughs> what right. we, this is like healthy. And, you know, and we get, I get so much of my coaching content from these discussions that he and I have. <laughs> exactly. And I get so much self-awareness from these conversations. And then I get to know him more because of these conversations. And like, we have this deep loving relationship that neither one of us has experienced before. Both of us have had constant fighting in relationships and we just figured out how we tick and we've been able to, to stop and, or to prevent the fighting, the yelling, the screaming, the saying, the things that you can't unsay later. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And in with parenting and with relationships themselves, if you do say something that's unintentional, Don't forget, you can say you're sorry. There are do-overs allowed in life. And when you start saying you're sorry, you give your children permission to say they're sorry. When they hear you come in and go, you know what? I had a really bad day and I did not intend on taking it out on you guys. I'm really sorry. Let's start over. I'll walk in the door again and we'll start over. You, You can do that. And not that it takes away what just happened, but at least... It makes you authentic. It makes you uh, makes your children understand that this was a mistake that you can keep going from. Mistakes aren't the end of the world. And it makes you human. And it recognizes that you are not just human. Your children are human. Yeah. And I really look forward to the day that my son, that I speak to my son <laughs> with an attitude and he goes, why are you talking to me like that, mom? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Because he will. He will. Because yeah. he learned it. Absolutely. Exactly. And it's always good to give your children the the permission to hold you accountable to what you say. 
what you say goes for all of your family. It doesn't just go for the kids. You need to be a person of integrity so that you are actually living what you're trying to get them to live. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to say, you know what, guys, uh, if, if I'm, I'm kind of going off the handle here, pat me on the shoulder and say, whoa, whoa, mom, whoa, let, let's talk about this. Yeah. Give them permission. And I've been talking about my puppy a lot in podcast episodes lately, but what I, so fun. It is, <laughs> I'm learning so much because I've been in kind of a routine, you know, and, and, um, puppy coming in upsets the routine and, um, and I don't do too well with the routine upset. I like my routine the way that it is. And, um, but the first couple of days I was severely sleep deprived and I noticed that in my sleep deprivation that I was a lot quicker to snap and I was a lot more irritable. And I told him on day one, I said, listen, I'm tired and I'm sorry, I'm going to have reactions that I don't mean. And I just pre, I pre-apologized because I knew it was coming. And you know what that did? It made my son take responsibility for the dog. He That's started awesome. taking the dog outside. He started, he, uh, I got three hours of nonstop silent, you know, just to myself. And I, I took a nap. I'm not going to lie. Well, for you, you know, and, and where the, where my son was taking care of the dog and he was taking responsibility for the dog. And, and I have not seen him take responsibility for anything, any animal like that. And I, I think it's, it's amazing that there's not been a single complaint anytime I say, go, go take the dog outside to go pee. Not once. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's good to give your kids responsibility. Mm-hmm. Number one, it makes them feel like they're a part of a bigger circle than just themselves mm-hmm. because you know, children grow, start growing up very self-focused. Mm-hmm. So it lets them know, Hey, I'm part of a bigger picture than mm-hmm. just me. It gives them the responsibility. Know that mom and dad trust me. They value me. They, they feel like I have skills. I want to have skills. I want to be big. I want to try stuff. And you're giving your child the confidence to do and try new things because you are already showing that confidence in them. Super important. Mm -hmm. And you spoke about triggers. That's a really important thing to remember when raising children is recognize those four key triggers. And they happen to be your triggers too. Hunger, thirst, you're tired, you're overwhelmed. That is going to cause irritability. So don't like take them shopping when they should be napping. (laughs) But you take them shopping when they should be napping, they're going to be irritable. If they're hungry, address that hunger. Mm -hmm. Do it for yourself. You know you're irritable. I mean, I get very hangry when I'm when I'm hungry. My husband knows. Time to feed her. (laughs) She's gonna get it. It's, it, it's true. And I love that you broke it down into four, four triggers. Um, same again, food, water, so it's hunger, uh-huh. thirst. And the reason thirst is, is because children dehydrate much faster than adults and your brain is mostly water. So when you start to dehydrate, the first thing to go is your brain. Mm. And that's when one of the first signs of dehydration is moodiness and irritability. So I always tell parents, just put cups of water all around your house, wherever your kids are, 
So they don't have to ask you for it. They can just grab a cup and drink some water and you don't have to worry about. It. So thirst is definitely a trigger. Sometimes we think it's hunger when all they need is some fluid. Sleep, absolutely. They need to be getting good sleep. You know, like you just said, if you don't get a good night's sleep, I'm cranky. So are your kids. Mm-hmm. And overwhelmed. Like yeah. you take them to a family event and there's a gazillion people there. And within the first 20 minutes, they're getting irritable because they're anxious and they feel uncomfortable and they don't feel safe and secure. And that's that whole feeling of overwhelm and it leads to irritability. Overstimulation. Correct. Yeah. I know I get really cranky overstimulation. We just celebrated 4th of July at the time that we're recording this. 4th of July was about two weeks ago. And um, I was at a friend's house and uh, the air conditioner was on, but it wasn't really working. So it was about 82 in the house. Her four-year-old daughter uh, loves people. And I was the same way at that age and she doesn't have the personal boundaries. And so she was sitting on top of me and it hurt my soul to tell her, I need you to scoot over. It's too, it, it was just too hot. I couldn't, right. I couldn't take it. We just had the dog. So she was super excited about the dog and she was yipping in my, she was yipping in my ear, not the dog. Um, <laughs> just cha, 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 cha. and she's, she's working on, on some speech stuff. So it's not always easy to understand what she's saying. And so again, I was hot. She's on top of me. She's talking in my ear and I can't understand her. The dog is new. (laughs) And there, I feel like there was, there was also something else. And I was just like, I, 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 I'm so overstimulated right now. And I can't calm down there. I don't know how to calm down. I'm hot and I'm, I'm being followed around. (laughs) Yeah. You can feel the tension rise. You, you know, you can feel like static running through your body. Yeah. And if you think about how I just described all of that, you know, our kids are going through this too. And we get super instantly upset if they're not on their A game and looking good for the neighbors. And exactly. And it's just, it's not fair. And no, I was able to finally calm down. I got like, I wish I had brought my swimsuit because that would have solved to the problem because we all could have gotten in the, in the pool together. And then I wouldn't be hot and she would be playing with my son who was in the pool and um, it would have been, everything would have been better, but I didn't bring my swimsuit. (laughs) Insights 2020. Um, Is there a piece of advice that you want to share with moms? Well, I just want to, I want you guys to think deeply about putting yourself in your child's place. This is so important. Recognizing that they're not adults. The human brain doesn't develop until said human is 25 years old. So when you think your child's playing with half a deck, they literally are playing with half a deck. They only got half a brain there. And Put yourself in their place. If they go and they're a toddler and they go to touch something on the end table that's made of glass and you're like, don't touch that, don't touch that. And you're yelling at them. Well, what do you think a toddler is going to do? 
they've only been on this earth a couple of years. They see something shiny. They want to taste it. They want to smell it. They want to play with it. They want to feel it. All of those things. Curiosity is the sign of a great mind. So instead of setting them up for failure, set them up for success and move that delicate object out of their reach. Yeah. Not saying there aren't limits and boundaries. There absolutely are limits and boundaries. But make your house more of a positive place to grow up and less of a negative place to grow up. Yeah. And if you're worried about yelling, think about how you feel. How did you feel the last time you yelled at your kids? Mm. And if you felt terrible, what were those emotions? If they made you feel like a bad parent, if you sat there that night and you couldn't sleep because you're like, I'm such a bad parent. I, I, I don't even know what to do. Then that should be a strong signal to reach out for help. Yeah. Reach out to me, reach out to Alicia, reach out to someone and get help. Because the life you're changing is not just your own, it's your child's. Yeah. And, and like we said before, what takes priority over that? Right. Ugh, like that, I just, I felt that so deeply heartfelt. And, you know, in that example, where with the thing that the kid is playing with, my son loved buttons, loved to push buttons, <laughs> both on the controller and mine. <laughs> um, and that was something that he would get in trouble for. And now I look, I watch the puppy and the puppy chews on stuff. He chews on the shoes and he chews on paper. And I'm like, these are things you can't, you don't get to chew on. And so every time I take something away from him, I give him something else. And I, you know, if I could travel back in time and teach myself that, then I would, but it's like, your, your child is reaching for this shiny, cool thing. Give them something else. That's cool. They're super distractible. Like, right. <laughs> they love everything. Yeah. They've only been around, but they, there are things all over the planet that they've never seen before. Right. That's super cool to touch and play and lick and smell and all the other things they do with things. Yeah, absolutely. So is there a book? I know you've written a couple of books. Yes. Um, I would like you to send me so we can have those in the show notes for people. Um, is there a book that you, uh, that was really impactful for you? that you read or, um, and I know it's hard because when we're writers, we're readers. And when we're into personal development, we've read about a thousand books, but is there one that stands out? So one book other than mine that mm -hmm. you should get, because mine's like a manual. Now parents say, say the they don't have a manual. Yeah. Say so the name, name of yours again. Uh, Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills and Stop Yelling at Your Kids. And it's coming out in Spanish very soon. I love that. I love the cover. Oh my gosh. It's so Thank you. Colorful. Thank you. But everything's in here. You can look it up by the chapter. You can read the whole book. You can pick out certain things. Yeah. Everything's in there. Um, but a woman named Dr. Dana Suskind wrote a book called 30 million words. And it is a book I've given to new parents for shower gifts, things like that. It is a fabulous book. And it is all about the importance of speech, communication, tuning into your child, recognizing their gifts and what they're interested in. It is a fabulous book, 30 Million Words by Dr. Dana Suskind. She is a, 
I'm not going to say what she is because I can't think of what it is. She's those. She's a doctor that plants. What's it called? They plant things in ears so kids can hear. Oh, it's called uh, something. Cochlear implant. Is yeah, it yes, yes, yes. That's it. She's a cochlear implant surgeon, and she is. Um, it's a, it's a great book. It has a lot of studies in it. It's, but it's it's so interesting. Hmm. And I highly recommend every parent, I, in my opinion, other than my book, I think every parent should read that book. It yeah. is a fabulous, fabulous book. And it gives so much insight into the human brain and the importance of words, not staring at a tablet, human speech, the importance of it. So I highly recommend that. I love that idea of giving new parents uh, a book, that book or a book of, you know, that my, my big thing right now is, um, that, you know, I want moms and parents to understand how important personal development is, because what I've noticed in my research is that you're either into personal development or you're not. And it's, it's all, or it's all or nothing. Cause once you start <laughs> personal development, you, you really don't stop. It becomes right. a, an obsession. And, um, but I love the idea of giving a personal development book for that's about parenting. That's also, you know, yeah. Personal development exactly. as well. And as that will well. help them yeah. and help their kids. Yeah. And a girlfriend of mine is, um, I think she's 10 years into her baby making journey and she's, um, uh, she's picked my brain about surrogacy and, and she has a surrogate now and, and she has her, her baby shower in September and, uh, which will be passed by the time <laughs> this episode comes out. But, um, I think that that's a, a book that I'll, I'll end up getting her, um, as, as a gift because I mean, why not? That's a, that's a really cool idea. It is. It's a, yeah. I mean, I, I want to give parents your new parent have something to read. That's really valuable. And that book is so valuable. It's such a good book, such a good book. I'll probably give her my mom guilt book too. <laughs> so she can yeah. get a preemptive, you know, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because we all feel guilty yeah. about something. Yeah. It's, it's in our nature. It's how we're wired. Like I say for kids, it's how they're wired. It's how we're wired. Exactly. So where can uh, our listeners find you? Well, I would love you to join me at Pumped Up Parenting, uh, pumpedupparenting.com. All my group coaching and my private coaching is available. You can go to workwithcelia.com. No, don't go there. Go to talkwithcelia.com for a talk and a chat and see what's going on. Uh, but Pumped Up Parenting can be found on Facebook. There's the Pumped Up Parenting podcast. Pumpedupparenting.com has my books, my pocket. You can find everything right there. Yeah. So that's probably the easiest way to reach out to me. And if you have any questions, send me a message, send me an email. I'm here to help. I love it. And I, I'm really glad that we got a chance to connect again um, this time on my podcast. And um, so thank you so much for pouring into our listeners and, um, and 
uh, there's in the billions of parents that you're whose lives you're changing and the and the children and the aftermath of all of that like I, I get all excited when I think about stuff like that like the you're impacting this person but then it's their kids and their grandkids and so many like right and, and I have this utopian idea <laughs> wouldn't it be wonderful yeah. If we could do this, think how many generations. It's not just your children. It's your grandchildren. It's your great-grandchildren. What you do today impacts, it's believed to impact seven generations to come. Wow. So, so start impacting. Yeah, that just <laughs> Start with me. your children. Yeah, it's, it totally start. It definitely starts with you. And it made my brain explode thinking about seven generations. Wow. Um, so again, thank you for being here. And thank you, Alicia, for having me. Always a pleasure to talk to you and making my brain explode and all. (laughs) Oh, you're so sweet. So we, I will have another episode of Imperfect Mommy next week. And until then, keep healing. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Mommy. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. When you become a more self-aware, compassionate, and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alishalyons.com. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A. L-Y-O-N-S dot com. See you next time.